Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football and I'm passionate about it. I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to the playoffs 12 times. I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? All right, welcome back. Zach Kiefer with James Boyd. Almost, almost, almost to the finish line. Five weeks, give or take a couple days, into the longest and most exhaustive and most extensive coaching search imaginable. You guys out there are, are, are probably on the edge of your seat wanting this to be over. We are at the same point, I promise you. It's been a very difficult coaching search to cover, to write about. They've been keeping this very, very in-house, which in a lot of ways is probably purposeful. We'll get into that. But James, as we sit here on Friday morning of Super Bowl weekend, the Colts do not have a coach. Chris Ballard said at the very beginning, this might take until mid-February. It's going to, I would expect a move. Monday or Tuesday. At this point, it's just getting kind of ridiculous. But here's my question to you. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. A league source told me earlier this week. Nobody knows who this is going to be. There's some smoke screens. There's some stuff on the wall. Who is it going to be in your opinion? And I will hold you this to, to this to you next week. Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot, right? Well, unlike politicians, I'll give you a real answer. I'll go Shane Steichen. I think that he's a great candidate for the job. Obviously, it would line up with sort of the timeline of the hire if it came early next week because he's playing in the Super Bowl this week. And I do think if you win the Super Bowl, that's a great feather in your cap to kind of, you know, if they haven't really decided yet, you know, hey, this guy's won a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts. He helped develop Jalen Hurts from a questionable second round pick to a second team all pro. I mean, what more could you ask for if you're in the closest position where you're drafting a quarterback higher than the second round, obviously? You have a guy who's worked with multiple quarterbacks, helped them all develop and have great seasons under him. And so I think that that would be my number one pick so far. Now, you're not off the hook either, so I have to flip back on you, mister. Who do you think will be the Colts' next head coach? Yeah, so if they go Steichen, this is kind of crazy. If you go back February of 2018, the Colts hire the Eagles offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, to be the head coach. Three years later, the Eagles hire the Colts offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni, to be the head coach. And then if that happens, February of 2023, 
the Colts do the same thing. They hire another Eagles offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, to be the head coach. We'll see what happens. I, I, it makes a lot of sense. Like, let's like break this down in terms of what we know about this team and what we know about what they've learned from the last time. Because I think there's a very real, purposeful, deliberate manner in which they're handling this coaching search, in large part because of what happened last time, right? So I went back and looked at all the dates and how everything lined up. And they came to an agreement with Josh McDaniels before Josh McDaniels flew to the Super Bowl. So that was a week before the game, right? That was the Sunday before the game is when Jim Mercer flew out there. They had dinner with the family. They had a handshake agreement. He was going to be the coach. The agreement leaked out either that night or the next day. So for seven days, the Colts knew who their head coach was going to be before the game. And then obviously there was a there was a tragedy that happened the night before the game. Edwin Jackson was killed, a former Colts linebacker. Really, really sad. Awesome dude. I've written a lot about him. But anyway, that really threw a loop in the Colts' plans that weekend. Chris Ballard didn't even watch the Super Bowl. His coach had been hired, right, to coach in that game. He didn't even watch the Super Bowl for the first time that he can remember. And then the chatter started to buzz a little bit Sunday before the game, and then Monday, and then Tuesday night is when McDaniels had that call with Ballard where he basically said, I'm out. So I think this is a response to that in a way. Even if they don't admit it, I think it's the Colts saying, we were embarrassed last time. We were embarrassed at how this went. And also, we didn't vent Josh McDaniels well enough to realize this was possible. And it's a hard it's a hard thing to predict, and you can't really know until you know. I don't think they're going to release this. I don't think it's going to leak out as much as they can prevent that until this is officially official. And I don't mean like a handshake agreement. I don't even mean a verbal agreement. I mean pen to paper. I think that's really important to them. I remember that night. It was absolutely crazy. I remember thinking, where do they even go from here? It's after the Super Bowl. You have to start another coaching search. They landed on their feet with Frank Reich, and he did a pretty good job for a while. Um, I think this is a result of that and how much egg was on their face. Because remember, the Colts were the laughing stock of the league. They were essentially stood stood up at the altar, and it was an embarrassing moment. And this team also, another layer in this, is this team also has fought the perception that they're a dysfunctional organization this year, right? I mean, this is your first year on the Colts beat. Would you call it quiet? Would you call it normal? They've tried to, you know, flip it back, you know, on us, on the fans or whatever, like you all, you all don't understand, but no, I mean, I'm not a rookie in a sense of like not covering a professional team or professional league or just coverage in general. And it's crazy for any level that you're on high school, college or the pros to have so many changes in one season. So I would say this past season was not a functional or a normal or a even just logical yeah, season. Wasn't a lot of decisions logical. that were made were just illogical and it was pretty crazy, honestly. For them to spin it any other way is just a disservice to the fans and and to reality, right? So I think especially starting at the top, Jim Mersey, he hates the idea that this was a dysfunctional organization this year. It was. It absolutely was. All of you guys out there listening watched this season, and you watched how ridiculous this team was at the end of the year. Guys were playing hard, but the management really, really hindered what they could do. So we don't need to rehash what went wrong in 2022, but I think the Colts are going through this exhaustive coaching search, very meticulous, very thorough, very professional, as a response to how poorly they handled some of their decisions this year. Oh, you don't think we're professional? You don't think we're thorough? You don't think we can act like a grown-up organization? We're going to show you. We're going to have the most extensive coaching search, almost to the point where it's ridiculous, to show you we can run things the right way. Now, at the end of the day, 
and I want to get your thoughts on this, James, it doesn't matter how you get to the coach. All that matters is if he's the right guy. If he's the right guy and you hire him in two days, if he's the right guy and you hire him in three weeks, it doesn't matter if you get the right guy, but we won't know that for a while. It does make sense if it's Steichen. I've heard murmurs of him. I've heard murmurs of other people. I've heard Aaron Glenn did well. I've heard Rich Bisaccia is kind of like a wild card candidate. I've always had a feeling that Raheem Morris would fit well, and I've also heard Brian Callahan. So I'm not really answering your question because I've heard all three. Ah, the politician comes but out. Here's, here's why I'm so hesitant, man. Because I was talking to someone familiar with the search, and they said, nobody knows. So I'm just not ruling out. I'm just not ruling out a surprise with this team right now. And I really don't think a lot of people know. I really don't think they do. No, that's fair. And I think, you know, it's just fun to throw it out there, uh, give an idea. I know a lot of fans have been tweeting at us, you know, hey, who's he going to be? We're waiting as well. National reporters don't know. Players don't know. Some of the assistant coaches on the staff don't know. They're just waiting like us. And props to them. But I do think, you know, to your point of them being almost over exhaustive in their search, who cares at the end of the day? You got to get someone that you really believe in and who's going to change your franchise. Because if you look back in two or three years and you say you had this exhaustive search and whoever you hired, it isn't panning out. It's going to look that much worse that you put so much time into it and you still didn't get the person that, you know, helps turn this thing around. So that's something to keep in mind. I don't think that it's should be all out of like spite or, you know, hey, I told you type of thing. And I don't think it is. I think they are genuinely um, searching for their best head coach. And I also think that it it speaks to the level of, you know, people still wanting this job. You know, I think that was a big question coming out, you know, into the coaching search and coming out of the season. It was like, okay, how many legitimate coaches are going to want to come work you know, here or apply for this job. And it seems like they had a lot of great candidates, obviously. And so that was kind of dispelled right away. Like, you know, it is still one of the best 32 jobs in the league. <laughs> it's one of the best, one of the best jobs in the world. It's one you, of the 32. You know, <laughs> that's what I mean. One of the 32, um, one of the best jobs in the world, honestly. And so if you think about it from that perspective, of course, you're going to always have candidates. And I do think that as long as you're able to get in the room and sort of calm down maybe some of the angst among these candidates like hey why did this happen how did this happen how did you fall from from grace so hard how did you go from you know about to punch a ticket to the playoffs to you know being so far from the playoffs it seems like you know you're you're not going to be there for a few years now and so if you can answer those questions and then i think own a lot of the season own some of it own these losses own the mistakes you made own how you built the team chris ballard and things like that and even Jim Irsay, I don't know how much the owner is going to sit up in a meeting and own his mistakes. But if you can at least, you know, tell some candidates, hey, when you're given the opportunity here, if you're given the opportunity here, you won't feel like this little kid at the big boy table. Where you can't have anything to say or you won't have like your your real power to do your job. And so I think that'll be very interesting to see, again, who they hire, who they pick. But at the same time, um, you know, none of that matters if you look up a few years from now and it doesn't work out. Now, obviously, I'm not going to rush the judgment about any hire, you know, right away or or anything like that. However, part of why we love this league is that it's a results-based league. So obviously the results won't come for months and, you know, at a time because we got to get to the season and things like that. But I do think that it's not all about proving us wrong. You got to prove yourself right and, and make sure you make a good hire. Yeah, that's a good point. And two things on that. From my understanding, the Colts' approach to this was if they were going after a big name, a Sean Payton, a Jim Harbaugh, they would have had more urgency, more aggressiveness. They understand that. They weren't. They weren't going after those guys. And, and I want to know an explanation of, as to why, but we'll find that out in the coming weeks. 
but they're going after these guys that necessarily don't require that sort of aggressiveness and that hurried up approach. So they just don't feel the need to rush it. And they're not behind the eight ball in terms of the draft. And they're not behind the eight ball in terms of compiling a good coaching staff. I really don't think they do. Frank Reich was hired way late in the coaching cycle in 2018 and put together a really, really good staff. I was talking about this with someone the other day, and I had forgotten. Like Tom Manning was was a really good tight ends coach, and they had hired um, Kevin Petula to coach the wide receivers. He did a great job that first year. And, and obviously I'm overlooking the two big ones, Jonathan Gannon, the defensive backs coach, who's crushing it in Philly right now and is going to be a head coach pretty soon. And obviously Nick Sirianni, who was, who was the OC for those three years. So I still think they can hire a good staff. And obviously – I'm assuming that Gus Bradley is back. I've heard that as many as four of these head coaching candidates have told Ballard straight up, if I'm hired, he's my DC. And that means Richard Smith is back as linebackers coach. That means Ron Miles is back as, as defensive backs coach. So in a year where there's been so much change for the organization, having some stability in terms of coaching, especially for a defense that was pretty good most of the year. Now, there were some nitpicks at the end. I understand. I watched the games. But having that continuity will be a good thing, I think, if Gus Bradley comes back. And that's why the Colts have blocked some teams from interviewing him for the same job. That's their right. If it's a lateral move, D.C. to D.C., they can block that. Makes total sense. If I'm the Colts, I'm giving my new head coach, whoever it is, all the options he wants to hire whoever he wants. Because that's the best way to do it. You let the coach hire his assistants. But then secondly, you made an interesting point, I thought. The Colts have been ruled by dis- dysfunction, right, the last couple of months. It's been chaotic. It's been a disaster. Players have told us all kinds of things just about how crazy it's been. They brought an ESPN analyst to coach the team eight games in. I mean, you should just see Matt Ryan's face when we would ask him questions. It was just, it just told the whole story. A head coach who's going to come in and likely be a first-time head coach, I don't think these guys think like that. They don't think negatively. They don't think about the situation they're walking into. I think these guys are, to be in the position they're in, all they think about is the belief they have in themselves and the belief that it's going to be better. They see it as an opportunity, right? You're not going to walk into an organization that's very well run that's hiring a new head coach. Almost never does that happen. Jim Caldwell walking into Tony Dungy's job in 2009 was probably as good as it's going to get, right? In terms of everything is in place, your quarterback's essentially running the offense, that's not this. That's not this. And this team needs an about face in so many different things. And it starts with the GM. He needs to look at things differently. We've talked about this. But I think one of the very, very, very beneficial things about this process is hearing from the outside what's wrong with this organization. Because the Colts need to hear these different opinions. Because other teams are doing it very different ways. And one of the questions Chris Ballard's asked every single candidate is what do you think of our roster and what do you think about what we've done, how we've done it? And one of the things that's wrecked Chris Ballard internally over the last couple months as he's watched his team fall apart was thinking back to how long it took for him to build it up. And up is a relative term, right? They were pretty good last year in December and they whooped the Patriots and they whooped the Bills and they beat the Cardinals with all those guys out with COVID. So they were a pretty well-run team at that point. I think everybody would agree. And then how quickly it all fell apart. Right. So how did that happen? And I think the opinions from all these guys, remember, these guys are coming from places that are well run. They wouldn't be in this position if not. The one exception being Jeff Saturday. But Raheem Morris just won a Super Bowl a year ago with the Rams. Basaccia, you know, inherited a mess in Las Vegas last year and as an interim coach, pushed them to the playoffs. Wink Martindale just had a great season with the Giants. Brian Callahan has seen the rise in, in Cincinnati, really with the rookie quarterback 
growing into one of the best players in the league. Aaron Glenn has been a part of a little bit of a rebirth in Detroit. And then Shane Steichen, you mentioned him. He's There's a lot to like about him and what he's done with Jalen Hurts and just the way the Eagles attack you in so many ways. I mean, that team was a mess two years ago. They were a mess. They traded their starting quarterback to the Colts, and Nick Sirianni has just crushed it there. But Shane Steichen and what he's done with Jalen Hurts, that makes sense. So I think these guys that are coming in, to put a bow on this really long-winded point, is they don't see the Colts as a dysfunctional mess right now. They see it as a place that has a little bit of pieces that they can mold and turn this thing around really quickly. Because if you're a head coach, you believe that it's going to go better when you're there. And I don't think they see it as, oh, these are all these problems. I see it as, okay, if we do a couple things different, if we do a couple things a little bit my way, things might turn around quickly. So that's going to be fascinating. And whoever it is, whenever we sit down with him next week for this press conference, I'm anxious to see what they think about this roster right now and what needs to change. Absolutely. And then to kind of pivot away from that, one of the biggest pieces about this roster you don't have yet, and that's the young quarterback that you're going to draft, you know, in the top five. And so, you know, just quick, I guess, point about the, you know, Indy Combine coming up. The four top quarterbacks have been invited. I would be shocked if they didn't come and at least like measure or interview and things of that nature. Um, you know, those things didn't happen at the Senior Bowl where Will Levis could have been there. The he, Colts will have he, long interviews with these guys. Well, 15 exactly. minutes and then, yeah. But, you know, Will, Will Levis uh, declined his invite to the Senior Bowl. And I think part of that was like he's, you know, a top five guy most likely. And then also um, you're expected to play in the Senior Bowl. I know Jim and Nagy kind of drove home that point. He's like, this isn't a place where you come and just do interviews and protect your stock. You come and compete. And you hopefully raise your stock by getting on the field. And so I know he mentioned that Hendon Hooker from Tennessee was like the only exception just because of the injury. And he's like, you know, he's a high character kid. We, he wanted the opportunity to come down here. If he wasn't hurt, he'd probably be playing in this game. And so there was an exception for him. But he said that there was kind of like this uh, trickle down effect where agents were reaching out like, hey, can my guy come and talk? And he's like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. Like, you know, and so. Because of that, you know, this combine is going to be huge for to see guys, at least from our perspective, for the first time outside of their college setting, to see them up close and personal. I know you'll be going to some pro days as well, which will be a lot more valuable than the combine, because I doubt that, you know, a guy like Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or even Will Levis, to another, I, don't, I don't think those three guys will even throw. Anthony Richardson might, he might not either, but I do think that it'll at least be important for us and, and for the team even more to see those guys, get them up in person. And I think that as we start to get more of these lists and, and, and combine dates and things like that. Cause I know the combine, I believe is from like February 28th is when it starts. It starts in like a um, couple of weeks, man. Exactly. We so it's like hire the coach. The season. <laughs> exactly. Hire the coach and then get right back into it with the combine. And I think that'll be exciting, you know, times for not only just football fans in general, but especially the Colts because well, the combine is always here in Indy. Right. But this year is different because the stars are coming here and you're you're going to be drafting one of those stars, and I do think that'll be huge. And then obviously, um, another point of emphasis is just to figure out what other areas of target you want to you know look at. You know, I'll have something coming on that soon about what could be you know available at different positions in the draft. Yes, I'll be you know diving into even like the sixth and seventh round guys and stuff like that, just because it's fun. But I do think that as we joke about that, you can get a lot of talent out of that. You know, Isaiah Pacheco. You know, for the for the Chiefs is a seventh round pick. Rodney Thomas, you know, the second for the Colts is a seventh round pick, and he looks like he might be your safety of the future. He was that good his rookie season and loved team with four picks. And that'll be very exciting to kind of see again who they hire, 
what their philosophy is in building teams, what they like, what they don't like, and what they think should be, you know, added to not only the quarterback that you draft, but what you can do to help him, you know, develop and, and grow. Because I really do think that it's, it's a strong possibility that they might look at an offensive lineman early in the draft and be like, hey, you know, second round, third round, you know, do we try to figure out how to bolster this thing and get from underneath some of these big contracts and then pivot from there. So um, I'm excited for that, but I do think that the Colts are in a unique situation where as soon as one decision is made, the other ones start rolling in and we probably won't even get a break until maybe like May as far as like, you know, what these trickle down effects mean, you know, coach, quarterback, rest of the draft, and then getting ready for, you know, obviously offseason training. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. There's two guys I want to single out here that are going to have a big impact in both the coaching decision and then the quarterback decision. Obviously, the, st- the first one is, is Jim Irsay, and, and we know what he said before. And, and an interesting quote that he mentioned in November when he hired Jeff Saturday was, you know, this is an intuitive decision. This is a feel. This is just something I know based on 52 years of being in this league. So keep that in mind. But obviously, Jim Irsay and, and Chris Boward have met several times this week to plan out what they're going to do with this head coaching decision. And then secondly, the other guy who's less known, obviously, is Brian Decker. And Brian Decker was hired a couple of years ago, had been in the military, had basically been assigned in the military to figure out the best way to evaluate who can last in the most intense special forces unit. So Ballard brought him on to do the same thing in the NFL, essentially with draft picks, to measure the intangibles, for lack of a better word. 
He's been in on these coaching interviews, and he'll be a part of the decision-making process for the head coach. And obviously, he'll play a very large role in the combine and the interviews that that forward for whoever they take at that number four spot if they don't move up. So don't rule that out. Brian Decker's had a lot of say in personnel decisions over the last couple of years, and I expect him to have at least a voice in what these next couple decisions play out. But yeah, when it comes to the quarterbacks at the combine, I'm not sure who's going to throw. It's not a very revealing throwing session. I've been to it before. It's it's at night against Lucas Oil Stadium. It's against no defenders. It's all scripted. There's very few drops. There's very few missed throws. These guys, wow. It's the same kind of thing at their senior days and at their at their at their uh, at their pro days. Like it's all scripted. Like these guys all crush it. I don't think it's a very accurate representation of what they're going to see when they see defenses at this level in this league. So at this point, I think the tape is much more valuable. Well, I think you should just run out there, Zach, and just you know give them a little pressure while you're reporting to see. There we go. Now that would be a story. Who can handle the pressure? I'm I'm (laughs) slow. I'm not twitchy. I don't have enough bend. I'm not a very good defender, but um, I will try hard. Uh, A little little dummy defense there, but I I do I do think you make a great point about you know just the whole quarterback pageantry that goes through it. But again, we'll be salivating over every throw because if you do miss one badly, I mean, hey, it's worth noting, right? Yeah, no, and and that stuff reach out leaks out, and, and and the one thing I will say is. Don't fall in love with pro days. Like Zach Wilson wowed everybody a couple years ago with a 70-yard throw going against his body against no defenders that he put on the mark. He can't make a six-yard out throw right now. There's so much more to quarterbacking than that stuff. Don't overreact to the press conferences. These 15-minute interviews they will have with the players are going to be more revealing, but the very long sit-downs that these guys have, these visits to the facility, that's going to be where you're going to really find out more. If you go back to the days, it was... Peyton Manning coming in and looking Bill Pullen in the eye and saying, if you draft me, I will win for you. If you don't, I'm going to kick your ass for 15 years. Like those kind of moments stay with these guys and those don't happen at the combine. But the quarterback's going to be fun, honestly. Whenever this coaching (laughs) search is over, man, I'm ready to dive into quarterbacks because here we are almost five weeks into the coaching search and we are still without an answer. Yeah, hard to believe, honestly, but then not hard to believe because Chris Ballard said it out of his mouth. He's a man of his word up until this point, and uh, I think we will get an answer, obviously, next week. And then from there, I, and just also, it's not just the Colts. Like, the, the Cardinals, to my knowledge, haven't hired anyone, right? No, but the other caveat is they had to hire a GM first. That's true. That's true. I'll give them that. But I'm like, hey, they're not the only ones, I guess, trying to figure out who's where. Because I do think, to that point, you know, when the Colts hire their head coach, the, the Cardinals hire their head coach, then you might see some other movement when it comes to coordinators, assistant coaches, and things like that. That'll, you know, the dust will kind of settle with that. Because I do think that some teams are probably waiting to see, like, okay, can we go after this person or that person after, you know, the the head coaching spots are kind of solidified. Um, and we'll see from there. And I do think, again, this is going to be a, a, a really trickle-down effect. I think you had to wait to see where Sean Payton went you know, where the, where D'Amico Ryans went. And then now you're starting to see, okay, you know, who's left, you know, obviously Frank Reich is over in Carolina and he's, you know, picked up a few people for his staff. If I'm not mistaken, Scotty Montgomery's not here anymore. I'm actually not mistaken. I know that Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's, he's going over to Detroit. Yeah, I'd so expect again, a completely new offensive staff for the Colts. Maybe Reggie Wayne stays as the receivers coach. He's under contract for another year, but that's going to be the head coach's decision. But yeah, you're right. I'd expect, you know, if Gus Bradley and the defensive staff is back i'd expect the offensive staff to look completely new and honestly that's a good thing this offense was abysmal last year they need new players they also probably need a couple of new coaching voices as well yeah and then we'll see obviously um 
again, some of these pieces and, and one of the things I, I forgot to mention, I believe, was was free agency, which starts before the draft. You know, I don't expect the Colts to go out and spend a bunch of money on day one. Right. But you do have to look at who is realistic for us to resign other than like Chase McLaughlin, who's a no brainer. The other ones like it's not a guarantee. Right. I think Bobby O'Carrick is gone. We have all kind of accepted that he's outplayed his contract and he's outplayed that log jam at linebacker for this team, assuming Shaq Leonard comes back healthy. I don't know if they pay another linebacker. They, they, the one thing they do is they draft linebackers pretty well. They draft safeties pretty well, and they draft linebackers pretty well. And it's hard to see them paying another linebacker when you're paying one $100 million who only played 74 snaps. So that's the bind they're in. But don't discount what Bobby, Bobby Okereke brought to this team last year. Not at all. And then you got Paris Campbell, who is looking for security. Looking for a payday, finally got through a season healthy. And then you have other guys like Unique Ngakwe and, you know, Taekwon Lewis. Do you bring Taekwon Lewis back on like a one year minimum deal given the injury history and his age? Like, that's hard to see. They just did that. Personally, I would say no. I mean, this is my piece. I personally was like, yeah, I just wouldn't do it just because great dude, great locker room presence. I'm sure the guys loved him, but good player, versatile, but you can, you can find another Taekwon Lewis. Yeah. The, the game is kind of just, you know, beating you up, so to speak. And so, again, these are decisions that have to be made on top of, okay, we're preparing to draft a quarterback. So I, I do think that there will be some overlap, a lot of long hours in that in that building. And, you know, I mean, this is what it's about, right? I think a lot of these things not get overlooked, but we can kind of discredit like, oh, like how much it takes. But, no, they'll be like putting in some really, really long hours to potentially change, you know, what you see on the field come the fall. So um, I'm excited about that. And then also, I don't know, I'll throw this in because we it, it's worth mentioning. You know, Reggie Wayne, Dwight Freeney did not get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts on Reggie's case, I guess, first? I, I figured Dwight wouldn't get in year one, but with Reggie, it feels like, and again, I'm viewing it, I guess, more of like from a fan perspective, because I was pretty young when they were like dominant. I was probably 10, 12 when they were like the Colts and they were winning, you know, every single year and they put up numbers every single year. And it seems like from my perspective, they've reached sort of like this, okay, you got to wait now because we put so many people from your team in. You know, you got Edging, you got other guys, and you got Peyton Manning, obviously, but it just seems like they're <laughs> Marvin Harrison, and it's like we can't put all of you in right now because you can't tell me that Reggie Wayne isn't better than some wide receivers that are in the Hall of Fame right now. Yeah, I, I think you're onto something. The, the Hall of Fame voting process is just flawed. It just is, from my opinion. Um, there's 49 selectors that hear these pitches and then decide, and We've seen it the last couple of years. I mean, there's no way in the world you can explain to me why Andre Reed went in before Marvin Harrison. Like, just turn on the tape. Like, it's just obvious. Like, no disrespect to Andre Reed, but Marvin Harrison was a better player. He's got way better numbers. He's just, just a better player. The eye test tells you that. I think there's a little bit of Colts fatigue. I've written a lot about this. I've written a lot about the Hall of Fame process and the votes and why it took Edgerin so long to get in and, and why it took Marvin until year three, which is just ridiculous he was the best <laughs> cut over 100 era. touchdowns like come on not man. named jerry rice i mean he, when he retired he was number two in a couple categories behind jerry rice and, and nobody's as good as jerry rice but i think there's a little bit of fatigue and i think reggie's paying the price for that marvin went in pauline went in dungy went in peyton went in edrin went in there's a little bit of fatigue with that and reggie this is 0 for 4 and that's got to hurt him a little bit dwight freeney i think he's got a chance i don't know if it's going to come next year or the year after but I think Freeney's got a little bit better of a chance than Mathis, who I think is a finalist coming up. But on a national level, I think Freeney was well was a little bit more well-known, more feared by offensive lines. Both were monsters. I mean, absolute monsters. I think they're separated by a half a sack. 
and their all-time list, which is pretty remarkable. But didn't you have that crazy stat during the season where it's like they didn't blow many like leads because they would just when they got a lead, they just pin their ears back and okay, go go hit the that other was quarterback. The and they get an it. early lead with Peyton and Reggie and Marvin, and then uh, and that's when Freeney and Mathis would just clean up because teams had to throw and it didn't go well for him. And and that's how you go twelve and four or better seven years in a row. So. A disappointing night for those guys. It doesn't mean that they weren't amazing players. But again, I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in the Hall of Fame identifying the best players every single year. Go back and look at last year's class. It wasn't very good. And the fact that Reggie Wayne was excluded last year is just its just an abomination in my opinion. Maybe I'm a little short-sighted. I watched every game that Reggie Wayne played, and, and he was a baller. And his numbers stack up with some of the best in the league, and his especially his playoff numbers. But... Yeah, a tough night for those guys. But again, I think there's a little bit of Colts fatigue and maybe another year helps that. I don't know what the class looks like next year. I did hear that Andrew Luck is is, is eligible to be I saw that. a finalist. Let's not even go there. He's not a Hall of Famer. It's not even worth having a conversation. Yeah, I, I saw that, Zach, and I thought about the conversations we've had about the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame and the NBA and how if you got like Three or four great seasons in the NBA, you're a Hall of Famer, and I'm like, yeah, they no let way. like anybody in in that one. Like but. honestly, if if Andrew Luck had done this in the NBA, he'd be going to the Hall of Fame. Like, no, I, I get it. He's a great, he was a great, great player. He was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. However, Hall of Fame trajectory, it didn't actually pan out. So, and I and I think him, him, I think he himself would know and accept that. I don't even think he would feel like slighted in the least bit. And so, yeah, I saw that. And I think that was more so just it's just because he's got the name recognition. And and, exactly. Yeah, what it is. So it's the nasty game sometimes. <laughs> Last week, we promised you we, we, we hopefully promised you that the next time we would be talking, we'd be talking about a coaching hire. I feel pretty convicted that I can say that this time. We're not going to be lying to you next week at this time. Whenever we get to record, it'll probably be after a hire. If not, a, it's not a press conference to introduce the coach. I would expect something to happen Monday or Tuesday. And then a press conference to follow later in the week. But again, who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'll just wait until March <laughs> to hire a coach at this rate. Just ruin my incomplete schedule for another couple of weeks. But um, I think we're in the closing stretch. I think they know they, know yes, they need sir. to hire a coach. Yes, and, and honestly, the combine's in a couple of weeks. You need to have a coach before then. So here we are. Hopefully, in the next couple of days, the Colts have a decision. And we can roll on with what the coaching staff looks like, what this guy is about what his background tells us and where they're going to go from here because they have a huge decision to make in the next couple of months with what they do at quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's about. Um, we could talk about it, you know, more and more and more, but it'll obviously more be more fun for us when there is a coach to talk about specifically. But, you know, if you're the type like me, I'm definitely going to be glued into the Super Bowl, not only because of the Super Bowl, but it's like, man, there might be a coaching, a future coach on, on, on either sideline. I know Eric Bieniemy, from what I understand, did not get a second interview, but, he was a candidate, so from that aspect, I'll definitely be, you know, intrigued and in, I guess in that that head to head matchup as far as uh you know each offense against each offense. And so I'm excited for it. I got the Eagles 31, 28 over the Chiefs. Maybe I'll be on freezing cold takes after this, hmm. but that's um, not a bad we'll pick. see. We'll yeah, see. No. I, I just I, I think that Philly's front gives them a little a little more pressure than they've seen all year. And I just like that Philly can win in the trenches. It feels like if they can run the ball keep Mahomes on the sideline, which is obviously the best defense you can have for that guy. You just have to keep Mahomes from being superhuman. He can be, like, really good. He just can't be, like, Superman, which he is almost always is. Yeah, and I so, think the ankle's a thing that we're not talking enough about. Like, it could it could just – you could tweak it on any play. And, and, you know, these high ankle sprains, they take four to six to eight weeks to heal, and that's not, that's not up yet. So 
That's another thing. I just worry about Chris Jones wrecking the game like he did against the Bengals. But I don't think he's going to because the Eagles have the best offensive line in football and maybe the best we've seen in a couple years of any team. So that's going to be a lot harder because that Bengals offensive line, like they were shredded, especially at tackle. So that's a big worry. And and I just, you know, when in doubt, I go with the team with the best players and, and the Eagles have the best roster. And there's no real holes. There's just no real holes on this roster. And like you said, Patrick Mahomes can be super. He can be Superman at any point. And so can Travis Kelsey because he's just a mismatch. But oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think the game's won in the trenches, and I think the Eagles have just enough. But Jalen Hurts wasn't that spectacular in the early parts of the NFC Championship game, and that makes yeah. me worry. So you almost forget that there's a game at the end of this. I've been so busy with the coaching surge, and <laughs> there's so much coverage about the Super Bowl. Let's just get to the game, man. I just want to watch the football game. And, and like you said, Biennemi and Nick Sirianni's got some cold styes, and obviously Shane Steichen is a candidate. It'll be fun to watch what they do as well. But next time we talk, let's talk about a head coaching hire because we're tired of this. Yes. You guys are tired of waiting. <laughs> and we'll get there. And then once we get that coaching hire, the rest of the offseason will be here. The combine, the pro days, free agency, the draft, and then the Colts will start to look a lot different heading into 2023. So for James Boyd, I'm Zach Kiefer. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reading. Thank you for listening. We've got a lot more to come next week on The Athletic. But stay tuned because things are about to change and they're going to make a hire one of these days, I promise you. And we hope it's pretty soon. So thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you guys next week. Next week.